0: On December 2nd, far before the roosters could crow in time to wake everyone up, the GOP passed a sweeping tax plan in the Senate that will impact Americans across all levels of income in the United States. Today, we ask how this politically charged bill affects the average American in terms of general income mobility, inequality, and potential wage growth. To begin understanding the new plan, we spoke with John Bakke, professor of economics at Williams College and co-author of Taxing Ourselves, as well as How Big Should the Government Be? He goes on to explain what he believes to be the most important changes to the new tax structure for America.
1: So the centerpiece of the plan is a very large cut in the statutory corporate tax rate from 35% to 20%, and that's in both the House and Senate bills. Um, And that's by far the most consequential part of the bill. Um, There are also a variety of changes to the personal income tax system, um, including uh, getting rid of uh, the personal exemption, which is basically a reduction in your taxable income of a few thousand dollars for every, basically every member of your family, um, and then also getting rid of some itemized deductions, for example, most deductions for state and local taxes, um, <clears throat> and a few other itemized deductions, um, in exchange for doubling of the standard deduction.
2: Critics of the new tax bill have focused on the fact that the bill will increase the deficit, while proponents argue the decreased corporate tax rate will increase investment in American companies and grow the labor market, which would lead to increased wages. Many economists have noted the fact that corporate profits
3: have been experiencing booms during the early quarters of 2017, while unemployment rates remain low at around 4%. This would usually indicate that wages too would rise given the high level of competition for those in the labor market. However, wage growth has remained fairly stagnant, barely keeping up with inflation. To us, this indicates that a large corporate tax cut, or large influx of capital, won't likely motivate firms to raise wages all that much. We asked Professor Bakia to help us understand the GOP's rationale behind cutting corporate taxes by 15 percent.
1: I would say the Republicans hope that it's going to increase average wages because it leads to more capital investment in the United States. So that's the Republican rationale for the plan. They want to cut corporate tax rates, and they, they argue that how it will help ordinary people is by bringing more capital investment into the United States, which would have the effect of raising wages.
3: It's important to consider that a steep corporate tax cut will significantly decrease government revenue, which the GOP is hoping to partly make up by motivating firms to transfer fewer funds to tax havens
1: lower our, our corporate tax rate from 35% to 20%, corporations might pretend to earn fewer profits in tax havens and, and admit that more of those profits are earned in the United States, um, and that might be beneficial for tax revenue, although it, probably wouldn't, it almost certainly would not be enough of a response to offset the lowered tax rate. Like, lowering the tax rate from 35% to 20% loses a ton of revenue. We might get a little bit of it back because of less of this sort of fraudulent profit shifting to tax havens, but it's unlikely to make up the whole amount. It's still way more attractive to pay a rate somewhere between 0 to 5% in the Cayman Islands than it is to pay 20% in the U.S. So I think there's also some empirical evidence that even lowering the corporate tax rate to 20% is not going to do that much to... Um, reduce this kind of game-playing and artificial shifting of profits abroad.
2: We made a call to Professor Sharma, an assistant professor in economics at Colgate University, who specializes in international trade and international public finance issues, to learn more about the long-run ramifications of this corporate tax rate decrease. From this, we got more of an international perspective on the issue.
4: Normally, the corporate income tax, you can think of it partly as a tax on shareholders, but also partly as a tax uh, in, in terms of its economic effects on workers, because by depressing uh, investment, it can reduce wages. Uh, and so then, the, the opposite should be true in a tax cut: that um, that when you um, when you reduce the corporate income tax, this should spur greater investment and uh, upward pressure on wages uh, because of this investment. Um, and, I, and I think that theoretically, this is uh, this is probably true. Um, at least to some extent, the effect of a corporate income tax should be an upward pressure on wages. In
0: regards to the major effects on the horizon with the corporate tax decrease, Lily Bichelder, a New York University professor who worked as an economist under President Barack Obama, stated in an article for Vox that, The bill is investing heavily in the wealthy and their children by boosting the value of their stock portfolios, creating new loopholes for them to avoid tax on their labor income, and cutting taxes on massive inheritances.
2: As a result of the changes mentioned by Bachelder, we can likely expect intergenerational income mobility to decrease as immense wealth can be passed between generations in higher relative quantities than the old tax bill through the provisions of this new tax bill. So in other words, the rich will remain rich and the poor will remain poor. We asked Professor Sharma how changes in the inheritance tax will impact future economic mobility.
4: So one thing that this this tax plan does is that it raises substantially the limit for the uh, estate tax um, and it uh, it calls for eventually uh, eventually abolishing the estate tax and and this means that um, wealthy wealthy parents will be able to give their kids uh, more of an advantage uh, from generation to generation and that means that um, it, it, there's already some documented trend uh, globally that uh, that inheritances have become more important in shaping uh, people's wealth level over their lifetime, and, um, and and so something like a abolition of the inheritance tax would probably, of the estate tax, would probably um, further strengthen those trends. So that would be something that uh, um, that would affect economic mobility. In this case, like it's something that more obviously affects the very top of the income distribution. Um, But that's also the part of the income distribution where you've seen the greatest, uh, uh, greatest increase in inequality over time.
2: What Professor Sharma is saying here is that the changes in the inheritance tax will make it much less costly for large amounts of wealth to pass between generations of family members. This makes opportunities for economic mobility worse because one of the main components of economic mobility is family wealth. And if more wealth stays within these families, then the beneficiaries of these inheritances will have a larger relative economic advantage from the start.
0: Professor Bakia further helps us understand how income mobility and inequality are connected.
2: A lot of
1: what we know about uh, what factors influence economic mobility comes from making comparisons across countries. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have some evidence from comparing different industrialized countries that we um, the rate of intergenerational economic mobility is, um, is lower in countries with higher income inequality. Um, and that is partly due to the fact that um, the countries that have lower income inequality, like, for example, the Nordic countries, um, have been doing a lot through government to promote economic mobility. So, for example, they've got um, free or heavily subsidized um, early childhood education and uh, childcare, and they've got uh, free college education. And the rates of people coming from disadvantaged backgrounds that actually go through incomplete college tend to be higher in these countries. Um, and that has been important for promoting economic mobility.
0: Professor Bakia goes on to state that the U.S. has less of an investment in education relative to countries with higher economic mobility. This has largely to do with its comparatively low collection of tax revenue.
3: To wrap up, the Joint Committee on Taxation says under the Senate plan, the rich would get a tax cut while families earning 10 to $75,000 a year will actually get a tax increase over 10 years. As this bill unfolds, and if Congress fails to close loopholes allowing corporations to continue shifting profits to tax havens, then this bill will lose much more in government revenue than it will put into the pockets of middle-class workers in the long term.
0: So what have we learned? Well, when it comes to the average American, we're going to see a considerable amount of change to their future income. It has been reported that when 2019 comes around, a person in the bottom 10% will get a $50 tax cut, and a person in the top 1% can expect a $34,000 tax cut. Due to the intense disparity in assisting the most fortunate over the least fortunate through this bill, we should all expect to see the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act Put the pedal to the metal on America's already drastic income inequality. Thanks for listening. And remember, the more often you tune in, the better off you'll be in the long run.